Using gerrymandering, voter suppression, and other nefarious tactics, the Republican Party has manipulated our electoral system to maintain as much control as possible despite being a party in the minority. Liberal Dan Radio seeks to change that, and I need your help in doing so. Liberal Dan Radio has partnered with Levelfield to help us use tools that are typically only available to big money donors. When you go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution, it will encourage other voters to reach out to their legislators to pass legislation to stop gerrymandering and voter suppression and target elected officials who refuse to protect the vote. Every eligible voter should be able to cast a ballot, and that ballot should have the same power as everyone else. I can't do this alone. I need your help. So please go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution today. That's stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Political advertising paid for by Levelfield. Contributions are not tax deductible as charitable contributions. That's 914-803-4131. You can also join us live on YouTube, youtube.com slash Radio. Come to the live stream and join us in the chat there. And if you're on YouTube right now, make sure to like the video, uh, subscribe to the channel if you're not already done so, and share it with your friends. Have them join the fun as well. If you're listening after the live broadcast, you can always leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. on the show thread at liberaldan.com, facebook.com slash liberaldan, at liberaldan radio on Twitter, or here on YouTube as well. Uh, shouts out to all of the Liberal Dan Radio patrons, uh, Jolie, Julie, Aaron, Angie, Chris, Cesar, and the first Liberal Dan Radio patron, Demonox. Uh, you too can support the show by uh, going to patreon.liberaldan.com or liberaldan.com slash Patreon and support the show there. And you'll get random shouts out throughout the month, uh, depending on the level that you uh, subscribe at. And of course, always, as always, special shout out to Julie Swenson, who is the first Liberal Dan Radio producer. So thank you for that support as well. Uh, you can also uh, contribute one time, uh, either via, via the Venmo link, or the, just scan the QR code on the screen, or go to buymeacoffee.com slash Liberal Dan Radio, and you can always buy me a cider as well. Um, so you've got Kinky Streets, you got... Uh, WW in the chat, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, kind of a random mix of topics tonight because I've been p- busy planning for a cruise. Because uh, fortunately, uh, we uh, we uh, are going on a cruise tomorrow. We uh, tested at 8 o'clock this morning. Everyone in the family is COVID-free. We all tested negative. So we get to go on board a cruise ship tomorrow morning, and we'll be back Monday. So no missing of Liberal Day and Radio this time, but uh, I'm, I'm going to go have some fun. So that's a, that should be a good thing. That was a good deal, too. Uh, kids for like $1. The kids travel for $1. So like 900 bucks for all four of us to go on a cruise. Minus the, the drink packages for the adults because, you know, we're going to be in a small room 
with uh, two adults and two kids, I'm going to need some alcohol. <laughs> anyway, um, so I do have the bunch of the water here. I'm feeling much better than last week, which is also nice. <laughs> w- oh, man, I would need to retract because I want to wish you the best of times. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um the Demonox. The Demonox has a graphic design client. Yes, MJ Daniel. Thank you. Uh, well, you know, splitting attention is is a normal thing these days. I, I think my, uh, you know, my kids are the, are the kings of that. They will be like playing their video game while having a YouTube video on on their iPads while having something else on TV. It's they're they're really good multitaskers. Um, either that or they're you know can't keep the attention to anything for more than two minutes that one of one of the two so uh, let's see so oh, we've got his fourth of july of course was this past weekend a lot of people were not celebrating uh, the fourth of july simply because of the fact that they're pissed off over the fact that uh we've rolled back women's rights and uh, rights of other folks people who can uh anybody who can get pregnant really and anybody who the dobbs v jackson ruling would harm directly uh, is likely, and people who care about those folks as well are going to be justifiably upset at the country that's wanting to roll back uh, the human rights that we have in this country. Of course, uh, we had a uh, um, people like Bette Midler was, was shocking to everyone because of the fact that uh, she started uh, referring, or she was in, she was inspired by an article uh, to say about how uh, the people on how the this article was about how um, people are anti-women and we have the people on the far right who are anti-women because they support, you know, Dobbs v. Jackson and the overturning of Roe. Um, and that's their wording of it, of course, because when I discuss the Dobbs v. Jackson, I always try and make sure to include everybody uh, who is affected, not just women, but those folks who are trans men and non-binary, et cetera. Uh, but that was how the article worded it so i'll quote the or cite the article as as such and they were like well but the other people who are quote anti-women are the far left apparently because the far left is doing things like talking about those who were harmed by the ruling of dobbs v jackson and talking about persons with uteruses or persons who ovulate or persons who have periods and by doing that bet midler was saying it was you know erasure of women and course i had to jump in my two cents because you know not that bet miller would see my tweets because they can make it so that they only see checkmark tweets and i don't expect anybody famous to respond to me uh, i've had it happen a couple of times uh, i can tell that remind me and i'll get and i'll get back to that as well hey aaron thank you for joining us in the chat welcome back um okay ww that's random non sequitur um so Anyway, um, so I was like, look, when I, when I swear, I tend to not use the whole persons with uteruses or persons who ovulate or whatever. I, I try not to make it about the parts. I try to make it about the people. So the people who are infected negatively by Dobbs v. Jackson, for example. And when we do that, when I do that personally, and I know people on the left, when they're doing it, they're not doing to have any sort of erasure of women. They're doing it because they are wanting to be inclusive of everybody who this harms. And there's, there's being inclusive is not erasure. And the same kind of thoughts that 
lead to the idea that uh, somehow including more people is erasure, the erasure of women. Uh, it's the same kind of mindset that people who are, you know, it's almost to the effect of like the, the, the white replacement theory, you know, that, pe- that the uh, people are trying to replace white folks and have somehow the getting the, where other people getting better and other people getting, you know, elevated in society and other people doing better you know, doesn't necessarily take away from the pie. It just adds to the pie. So the idea, you know, that is kind of, it's kind of bigoted idea that, you know, people are thinking that you, that you're somehow negatively harmed when other people are included. So the, the, the freedom pie is not uh, limited to just certain people. Freedom pie should be enjoyed by all. And the more people that enjoy it, it doesn't mean less people have to enjoy freedom as well there's it's not a gain some lose some everybody wins when everybody gains freedom and everybody has their freedoms protected so again this is a policy of liberal Dan radio that we are always going to be uh, inclusive of folks who are trans and folks who are non-binary uh, we do not subscribe to the gender binary here uh, that's part of my big things that I want to make sure to emphasize so, and am I going to perfectly word everything every time? Of course not. But um, what Ben Miller could have done when people called her out on what she said, if she could have said, look, I'm sorry, you know, mean to offend you, but I understand why people are upset. And as such, I, I see that. No, no, she doubled down. She was like, anybody who knows me, go to my Wikipedia page. You'll see how good of an advocate I am. And I was only inspired by this article. And then you see the article she was inspired by, and everyone's like, that article's rubbish, too. That article is not the good thing that you think it is. It doesn't make a good point. It makes a terrible point. It's trying to equate the left who are trying to be inclusive with the right who are trying to keep people down. As according to the article, keep women down, but obviously keep people down who make people into their, um, whatchamacallit, broodmares, so to speak. All right, let's go ahead and take a the first commercial break real, real quick. Come back, take your call. 914-803-4131. 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Bane Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kind of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do, but BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. 
In a world gone mad, one progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Band Radio minicast. All right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Band Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Band family, because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Band Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mmm, yeah. If you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok. And you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout-out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Demonox, host of The World According to Knox. It's time for Season 2 where I take you on another trip through my world. The world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for Marscat and find me on Twitter by the handle xdemonox. Letter X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-X. Now enjoy the rest of your podcast. Right. This is your host Dan Zimmerman in New Orleans, Louisiana, to join the conversation. 914-803-4131. Uh, we're just talking about the whole uh, blow up about with Matt Midler and uh, what she said on how dealing with uh, the rights of individuals who are harmed by uh, Dobbs v. Jackson and why um, you know doubling down. One of the things I think you know I, I doubt that she'll ever watch it. But one of the things I think she could benefit from is the fact that um, going to watch one of my videos when it comes to uh, dealing with uh, terms, like coming to terms with activism series, which I need to work on and make some more. But uh, the point is, is that one of the main themes or the central idea under the whole thing is if you hear something or if somebody tells you something and it causes you to have a, you know, gut, negative reaction like oh my god i can't believe you said take a press read just try and perhaps try and figure out why is it that they're saying what they're saying now instead of getting all defensive instead of trying to make sure that you that you you're heard maybe you know allow the other people to be heard and allow you know, allow them allow what what they say to kind of marinate in your head. It doesn't mean you're always going to have to agree with them, but let allow that to marinate in your head and try to figure out. Well, maybe I'm overreacting to this, and that's worked with me sometimes. Where I, you know, where I was like, happened to me when I heard the term toxic masculinity for the first time. Again, in that video, I'm like, toxic masculinity. There's nothing about men being a man that's toxic. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, fragility. It was fragility. That's right. Not, mas- not toxicity, but fragility. I'm like, 
just because a man doesn't mean I'm fragile. And I realized right off the, off the top of my head, oh, if I wasn't so fragile, then perhaps I wouldn't react so badly to hearing that. And that's kind of, I think, aided uh, me in my, you know, trying to be an advocate for people and trying to amplify the voices of people who are less privileged than myself. Uh, so there's that. But I guess at the end of the, the end of the day, uh, you could probably say that when it came to being an advocate, Bette Midler seemed like a good one from a distance. Oh, I should have had that lined up. Ah, oh, suck. I suck. I should have had that lined up. I should have said, uh, okay, let, let's three, two, one. Uh, when it comes to being an advocate, Bette Midler seemed like she was a good one from a distance. Got to take the take the glasses off when I do that too. Like you know, CSI Miami, y'all. Like anyway, and no, I didn't just go, go that whole rigmarole just to make that pun. But I did want to make the pun regardless. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so then of course you know July Fourth, there were people that were celebrating, and unfortunately we had another one of America's pastimes. And I'm not talking about the gluttony of the hot dog eating contest nor am I talking about baseball. I'm talking about mass shootings, murder, people using a rifle to take other people out, uh, a system of uh, gun control that doesn't work uh, because it's not effective, because it has loopholes, because we allow you know, silly things like if you're under 18, you, you can't have a handgun, but you can have a high-powered rifle. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, and again, I, I do believe that law-abiding citizens should be able to have guns. I'm not going to fight to take away guns from law-abiding citizens. Uh, however, uh, people who are a threat to other people, the exception to the rule, and people who you know, perhaps there should be less loopholes and less oddities about the laws that take place. And of course, you know, we have the people uh, who are on the right, who are the extreme minority, who and I kind of said something in house chat today that I, I kind of feel like I need to go over because um, basically he was talking about people with empathy and uh, people who are uh, considered other people. And I was like, many people just lack empathy and he disagreed. And I'm like, well, he's like, most people have empathy. I'm like, well, yeah, that's, that's probably also true because many doesn't mean most. So, I mean, if I, we have, let's say 80 to 90% of the country supports uh, increased enhanced background checks on guns, but the other 10 to 20%, regardless of how many people get murdered, are going to be against it. Those 10 to 20% of the people, I would say, probably lack empathy. That's a lot of people. That's like 60 million people in this country who who don't want to do anything to help prevent the next shooting. I think those people lack empathy, uh, but still, it still allows the majority to be empathetic, whatever. But you know, and, and even and and I guess the people with empathy, like myself. No, we can get burned a lot, and it doesn't. That does, I don't think. I think true people with empathy, uh, even when they get burned, are not uh, are 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 not likely to stop having empathy. It, it would it would take a lot for them to stop. Of course, we might be a little more gun shy about certain things. It might be a little gun shy about you know sharing our empathy, but you know we're still going to form our opinions based off of those empathetic vibes, so to speak. Um, the assault gun, multiple rounds per second. Yeah, I mean, 
the, some of the stories that you heard from this thing were just terrible. Like there was one woman who, who the mom was shot and she knew the mom was going to die, but that shooter was still shooting. And she basically had said, mom, I love you. I have to go for cover. And had she stayed around, she probably would have died too. Um, but she's her last moment, which didn't get to spend her last moment with her mom, with her last breath, because she had to seek cover. Uh, I think somebody used, put their child in a dumpster to protect them from the gunfire. Uh, but one, one child lost the, to their dad. Uh, the dad was covering them and they found the child laying underneath the, the father. But another uh, couple, I mean, both of both members of both mother and father died. And now the kid has to be raised by the grandparents because um, of this shooter. And we still have people in this country who are, who are like, well, let's do something about the border. What? Let's do something. You know, they're still going to push and and try and change the subject, and they're going to try and make it so that you know we can't have meaningful reform whilst protecting people's Second Amendment rights. Uh, one of the things that you know I quote a lot is Scalia. Scalia's ruling in Heller uh, because the people it was some. I think congressman or some conservative with a blue check mark uh, that said um, subject effective, the God, the right to own a gun is absolute. I was like, no, it's not. It's not absolute. You don't have the absolute right to own a gun. You have you, gun, gun ownership can absolutely be regulated. And Scalia said so as much in Heller versus DC. One of the things that conservatives love to bring up, is Heller. They bring up Heller because they try and say, oh, well, here's an example of liberal gun laws being too far reaching. And even Obama was like, I agree with Heller. Now I'm like, look, you know, I'm not going to agree with every single thing thing in Heller, but Heller, you know, does state that you do have the authority to regulate guns. You don't have the unlimited right to carry whatever weapon you want whenever you want to. Scalia said that. I'm sure it would be probably much poorly, much less poorly worded if it was if it was written by Alito, but at the time you had Scalia, and Scalia was going to write, um, you know, at least, even if I don't agree with his rulings, at least they're well written. I, I, might think he, I might think his argument is rubbish, but at least it's well written rubbish, as opposed to Alito's ruling, which is just rubbish uh, on all shapes of the imagination. Um... My pops out at West Point. I grew up with guns and have no interest in them now. Don't enjoy shooting any living thing, even if it's served as a meal. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, I've never shot a living thing. I've never. Um, I had a hard enough of a time when I had a, uh, a a mouse that was clearly suffering in the backyard, and I had to put the damn mouse out of its misery. And I had a hard enough time doing that, and that was difficult for me. I tear up whenever I've had to, you know, take action that would, you know, put an animal to sleep. But over the past few years, we've had a couple of those and that, that's been heart-wrenching. I don't know if I would have it in me to shoot any living person. I mean, maybe if somebody was a threat to my family, I might be able to do so, but again, I don't own any guns. So at this point, that would be impossible uh, to do. But, um, you know, it's just something that we need to fix this. We we have an obsession in this country. We have, like when they said, I think there was a shooting in, in Denmark the other day, 
where a couple of people got shot in Denmark, and I was half expecting the news to say it was an American who did it because it's it's our pastime. It's our the, like you could even go so far as to say is that uh, if it wasn't a person from America, if it wasn't a person from Denmark, that the Danes were appropriating our culture. That's how pervasive gun culture is in this country. How how much it has just grabbed a hold and just refuses to let go. Let's see, Phil Stone. In Illinois, we know that lots of criminals guns from other states like Indiana. Does that mean most of Indiana has no empathy or no empathy for Illinoisans or just black people? I'm paraphrasing that. Just don't call black people blacks. Just it, it, It's not okay. Like, whenever anybody says blacks, it's like, where's your hood? And I'm not saying that that's your intent or that you're racist, Phil, but that's how it comes off. It sounds like angry. Um, so the problem is that, again, we don't have a uniform set of gun laws in this country. I, I've argued before that, you know, because the Constitution says a well-regulated militia, uh, that that should give the authority to the federal government to pass the gun regulations and make them uniform. And that perhaps even that the state wouldn't have the authority to regulate weapons under the 10th Amendment, or at least guns under the 10th Amendment, because the 10th Amendment would say that, you know, powers not given to the federal government are given to the state. So if, so if the power to regulate the militia belongs to the federal government, then that's not a power that's retained by the states by the 10th. As such, it, the, all of the gun control laws should be coming from up high from the federal government and not state governments. Uh, and again, it doesn't do any good to have state governments or even municipalities like Chicago may have very strict gun crimes. But if you look at the guns that commit that are used to commit crimes with in the city of Chicago, a lot of them are from one, uh, a lot of them are from one particular gun shop right outside of Chicago. And then a bunch of other ones are again from Indiana. Uh, And, you know, the the people who refuse to take action on this and look, there are, the, the, the people who are responsible here, the people who need to step up and do something about it are the people who are conservatives who are supportive of gun control, who want enhanced background checks, who want – hey, Bill P. – who wants um, – who want to have more protection so that we don't have to see more dead kids in schools or more dead families at parades. Uh, you know, those conservatives, those Republicans, because the Republican senators are not going to listen to us. My Republican senator, Bill Cassidy and, and Senator Kennedy, are none of, neither of them are going to listen to liberal Dan and say, hey, I'm going to change my votes on gun control because liberal Dan threatened to not vote for me. They know I'm not voting for them. They know that anybody, you know, most likely who's a Democrat in the state of Louisiana isn't going to be voting for them in the, in the general election or in the primaries because Louisiana has open primaries. They know that. So me telling them that doesn't do a whole hill of beat, doesn't do any good. But if the conservatives were to step up and say, look, we are going to vote for somebody else. We are going to vote for, you know, Gary Marshall. We're going to vote for um, the Democrat. We're going to vote for another Republican who will promise to do this. We're going to vote you out of office. We are not going to support you. You will lose if you do not support things that we support. And there's a big chunk of the people on the right who are both supportive of increased enhanced uh, gun control and enhanced background checks and who also are against uh, these total and complete bans on abortion. You know, those people need to step up and say, look, these two need to be fixed. And if you don't fix them, we're going to go somewhere else. And you have to make them believe 
that you are going to act on it. You have to basically show that there's going to have to be one state that's a red state that rejects a Republican because the Republicans blocking gun control laws in order for the for the Republican senators and the Republican congressmen in that state to be like, oh, well, uh oh, they're serious. We're going to lose our jobs if we don't if we don't take care of this. And then they'll, maybe they'll start acting right. I don't I won't hold my breath about it, but maybe they'll start acting right. See what else? What else we got to talk about today? I was going to stop it at, oh, wait, wait. that's right. I, my, cl- my countdown clock is at an hour, and I'm like, wait a second, an hour? That doesn't make any sense because I set my, I set my show for, nine, for 90 minutes today instead of the normal uh, 180 because I'm definitely not going over an hour and a half tonight. Probably going to want to stop at an hour. Uh, but we're at the bottom of the hour, so let's go ahead and do a, a reset. Liberal Tan Radio here, talk to the left, that's right. Um, again, to support the show, uh, patreon.com slash liberal Dan or uh, buy me a coffee.com slash liberal Dan radio, or you can scan the Venmo code uh, on the screen in front of you and, and send a payment that way. Uh, I get more, I get more of a share of it. If you send, if you send it to uh, Venmo, um, but you get a nice ding, I guess, if you do it via buy me a cider. <laughs> so, um, and of course it'd be nice to have some extra spending money on the cruise. <laughs> Uh, but if you can't afford to support the show financially, that's fine. I'm, I, I understand, again, terrible economy that we're in. You know, the people are struggling and, you know, people are coming out of the, the, the COVID and trying to catch up and playing catch up is important. And the best thing you can do is uh, is subscribe to the channel and share some videos. That's one of the best things that you can do uh, because, again, I'm trying to make it to 1,000. Once I make it to 1,000 subscribers, I can start doing more fun things on the show. And I might actually start focusing and making on additional videos on top of that, because it's going to prove to me that the people are here and they really want to watch the show. My goal is to get to a thousand by September. I'd love to be able to come back from my cruise and hit that though, but I don't, I'm not holding my breath on that one either. Um, what? All right. Come on. W come on, Wes. Uh, you're in timeout. Is that working? I don't know. You're in timeout. So stop it with what you're doing or else I'm going to block. Um, let's see, Phil, I guess what I'm saying is that some people have an empathy gap because of their racism. And it's possible that some people may have uh, an empathy gap uh, because of, of racism. That's true. I mean, I don't think many racists are have empathy. Of course, there are people who... Uh, perpetuate racist ideas who might not consider themselves racist either. Um, let's see. Kinky Treats. Why do I think Merrick Garland is a disconnected failure because Trump is, has been a threat to national security for almost two years now? I mean, there's, there is that. Um, there is something to be said about um, there's something to be said about him being slow and methodical. I mean, you know, I talked to my um, I I talked to, uh, you know, my wife about this a lot of times. She's like, well, why aren't, well, she's like, why aren't they just arresting all of the people who are involved? And I'm like, well, I think they're just trying to build a very strong case. I think being a judge himself, because before he was AG, he was a judge. Um, before because he, him being a judge, I think he knows what you're going to have to see when you bring a case like this of this magnitude 
to uh, the courts and to the Supreme Court because it's ultimately going to end up there to begin with. So when the Justice Department brings these charges against the people that are more than just the foot soldiers during the insurrection in the coup, they're going to need to just build their castle, not just a house, but build a castle, a very strong, sturdy, stone-built castle that's not flimsy. It's not a house of cards. It's not going to come down. Uh, So I, I think when it comes to that, I think we do need to be a little more patient because I think he knows what he's doing and I think he's doing it methodically. Now, Come November, um, I think voters are going to want to see something, and and uh, it's unfortunate that you know we can't that we can't uh, you know be patient, I guess, for it. And, and look, I'm, I I want to see it too. I want to see heads heads pikes walls, uh, as as Tyrion Lannister would say in Game of Thrones. I want to see uh, the people who are responsible ultimately for the insurrection and the attempted coup in this country. I want to see them punished. Absolutely. Absolutely want to see them punished. Um, And absolutely, I agree with you that Trump is a threat to national security. Um, The only reason I think Liz Cheney might win in the primary is simply because of the fact that um, there's so many, there's, you have four people in the, in the race. So I think the people who are not for her are going to, are going to nipping at each other's votes and they're going to hurt. They're going to, make it more likely that she wins if, and I don't think she will to either, but they're going to make it more likely. Um, they're going to make it more likely that she could have a chance uh, to come out of it because of the fact that the other people are splitting the votes. Hey, Leslie Shaw, how's it going? Thank you for joining the chat. Uh, go, yeah. Take care of your dog P Aaron. <laughs> um, yeah. Every time Trump speaks, he's, he rallies up his troops. He gets them all riled up. He gets them angry and mad, and and he gives aid and comfort to the traitors of this country who fought to uh, prevent the lawful processes of this country from moving forward and prevent uh, the government from rightfully de- doing as they did and declaring Joe Biden the winner of the election because Joe Biden was the winner of the election. He won. Nothing to say or do about it to change that. He won. And everybody knows that he won. Liz Cheney was hoping to give cover to other GOP voters to vote GOP. I don't know if running as an independent would do that. Um, I don't know if she'd run as an independent in Wisconsin. I don't know. if Some states you can lose the primary and then go ahead and run as as an independent. Some states you're prohibited to do so. I'm not familiar enough with Wisconsin's law, Wyoming's law, I'm sorry. I'm not familiar enough with Wyoming's laws in order to answer that question for a fact. Um, So let's see, what else? But yeah, I mean, we have, hopefully we're going to start seeing some more and more, you know, people getting indicted. We got, we got Georgia doing their part. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not convinced that the, a jury in Georgia is going to vote to convict uh, the individuals involved with the the attempt to steal the Georgia election by trying to say, oh, you know, find me votes. And again, I think as Trump could say in that particular circumstance, Trump could say, well, I really thought there were votes. And as such, they're going to make it so that he potentially uh, can get away with it by saying, well, I really believed it. But there's also a legal theory, I forget what it's called, that basically requires people to know 
the truth. Like if the truth is on its face, so true that only a negligent person would not know it, then that's potentially a way to get around that and basically get around the idea of people saying, Oh, well I was, you know, I was simply believing that this was true. So therefore it's not a crime. Well, no, you shouldn't, you should have believed that it wasn't true because it wasn't true. And it's so obvious that it wasn't true that you're pushing it help to perpetuate matters and make them worse. Um, and you're asking the, the a state official to find votes for you uh, is clearly taken in a way that uh, shows that you want to overturn the, the duly elected electors. You want to, you want to overturn a properly run election because look, if Kemp wanted to cheat, Kemp would because Kemp cheated when he won his governorship already against Stacey Abrams the first time. So we know Kemp is willing to cheat and will cheat. So we know he would have done it again, but he clearly had to run a more transparent election so people wouldn't, you know, blame him again for this, even though he wasn't Secretary of State at the time. Um, but again, it's it's all ridiculousness. It's it, there's this whole idea then they'll never admit that they're just going to keep on doubling down the people who support the big lie are going to continue doubling down they're going to continue talking about how trump was wrong trump was robbed and trump was was not allowed to take the seat that he deserved or owned or whatever they're going to keep pushing that lie because they know that if they were to ever admit the truth that either they would lose listeners or they would lose support and they'd rivel, you know, shrivel away to nothing which is unfortunate. Uh, Jeff Curry, the dude should have told Trump, we can only find you 10,000 votes and asked, where can we find the rest? (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. Sorry, Dub. Uh, Hidden. Sorry. I had to hide you, Dubs. You're not. You're not. You're. you're at, I don't know what's wrong with you tonight, Dubs. You're going overboard. And um, while Aaron cleans up the dog pee in the in the chat, I need to. I uh, I need to let Wes just have a breather. Maybe you can come back if you can behave, but you're not behaving. So let's see. Phil Stone. It's like Illinois in the 1960s. Only Nixon was smart enough to know a recount would expose. The downstate GOP cheating for him. Trump didn't care about that. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah. And he, the, the quiet part was out loud because, you know, we all know what they're doing. It's just the fact that preventing them from doing it is problematic. Like the whole ridiculousness of someone asked on, I think, Twitter, why, why aren't individual people suing over the loss of their voter rights? I'm like, well, it's very hard for me as an individual. If I feel like my voting rights have been trampled, it's very hard for me as a voter to get traction and sue and, and win a case against the federal government. So that's why the Justice Department has to do it. Um, but unfortunately, we no longer require these states who have proven themselves to be ridiculous when it comes to these laws. We've, we've already proven uh, that these states you know, are, cannot be trusted to make good laws. They're going to try and continue to, you know, chip, chip, chip away at voting rights until they all go away, at least for the people that they don't like. And the funniest thing happened, again, on Twitter today, I, I have a great time calling my shot. I, I didn't call my shot this time. I didn't think I had the space to. 
But I always, every time I bring up these so-called voter ID laws, and I say, so problem, my problem with these so-called voter ID laws is the, are the provisions in them that have nothing to do with the requirement to show a voter ID to vote. My problem is with the other provisions of the law. And, 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 I'll, and usually what I'll say is that despite the fact that I just said that, somebody's going to come back around and say, what's wrong with having an ID? <clears throat> Nothing, you twit. Nothing is wrong with showing an ID. My problem is the other provisions in the law that have nothing to do with the requirement to show an ID. But they have such blinders on. They're just so – they see the words voter ID law, and they just – they have this train. It's like they're trained seals or trained dogs or trained monkeys or whatever. I don't want to call them animals or whatever. But I'm just using it as an analogy for whoever might be watching who might not like the dehumanizing of that like Facebook does. Um, but they're, they act like they're trained people. They're trained individuals to, that where they see the, the word that triggers them and they go, boom, response. And they don't even think about it. They just see the words, boom, response. That's why Donald Trump loves the poorly educated because they, they lack the ability to critically think. They lack the ability to um, the ability to to read something and actually understand the context in which it's given. I can't tell you. Like, if you go to Facebook.com, you'll see many examples that I've taken screenshots of where I'm like, oh, here we go again. Here's another time where I called my shot. I said, look, these conservatives are so predictable that I can tell you that they're going to what, what they're going to argue against and it's going to be a bad argument but I can tell you the bad argument they're going to give you in a second. Um Carl said, Dan, where are you going on your cruise? Mexico. It's a, it's a it's a short trip to Cozumel. So, um leave New Orleans tomorrow on on the ship all day Friday, make it to Cozumel Saturday morning. We haven't quite figured out what we want to do in Cozumel yet. Uh, then leave Cozumel in the evening on Saturday, sail all day Sunday back to New Orleans, go up the mighty Mississippi, and come back in Monday morning. And then I'm having Monday to just relax. So they basically told my work, I'm not going to be back in until Tuesday. I'm not going to work again until Tuesday because I'm going to come home Monday and I'm going to be like, I'm going to, I'm going to get a vacation from my vacation, I'm going to take the day to chill and maybe go see Thor Love and Thunder because that's coming out this weekend and I really want to see it. Hey, Bill P., welcome back. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Um, see, we did buy sunscreen. We have plenty of sunscreen as well. Um, yes, Aaron, I, I, I hid Wes from chat uh, because I was having a problem with it. Let's see. So Kansas won't take my paratransit ID. It's a photo ID. And I've gotten my driver's license with hand controls yet. Now I have to go down to DMV and get a freaking uh, Kansas State ID just so I can vote. Yeah, they make it harder for everybody to vote. I mean, even even now, some of the ID provisions are also ridiculous. But I, I'm not opposed to the general idea that we should, you know, be able to prove who we are when we vote. My idea is to have a singular, federalized, everybody gets one voter ID card. It's hooked to you. You get the card. You get to vote. 
You get to vote on any federal election in where you're located. And it can store where you're located. You could up whatever you move. You just update. Hey, I moved here now. I moved here now. And you know, Mexico does it. Mexico it does that. But because again, one of the problems, one of the actual ID issues with the North Carolina law was that it required people to pay money to get a voter ID, which means you have to pay money to vote, which means you got to pay a poll tax, and poll taxes are unconstitutional. So we should not have them. Louisiana does have a voter ID law. Louisiana, though, will uh, provide you with a free voter ID if you don't have one and can't afford one. If you don't happen to have a driver's license or any other verifiable or, or allowed state ID that can be used to prove that you are who you say you are, the Louisiana government will provide you one for free. And that's fine. And that's okay. And I'm fine with that. But there's also the other thing is that if you, that the amount of harm that is done, the amount, of, the amount that one voter is able to sway an election, you know, the odds that you, that one voter is going to sway an election is so little. It can happen. But it's so little that the, that the reward for doing it, for cheating as a voter, is not worth the risk of getting caught. So there's, there's, there's not a good return on your investment if you take the risk of being arrested or having a fine or being punished for casting an illegal vote. So why do it? Very few people do it. Even if you, you can go to the Heritage Foundation's website, and, and I rarely would send people to the Heritage Foundation's website, but when I'm making arguments like this, and especially to arguments like conservatives, I'll point out, Heritage Foundation over the last 20 years has pointed out like 2,000, less than 2,000 examples of voter fraud by individual voters. And many of those that are listed on the website have nothing to do, would not be solved with the voter ID requirement. You, you, you made sure everybody had a voter ID. You put it in their hands. Everybody can use their voter ID now and everybody can prove who they say they are. You, you implement that. Most of those examples of voter fraud will still exist because a voter ID did nothing to prevent the type of fraud that those people did. So, but they don't want to hear that. They want to make, they, they, they know that it's a straw man. They know that it's not a real problem. And one of the things I say, I have, my, I have a top seven video about voter ID. Just, just let them have that part and take away the argument. Say, look, all right, we'll require a voter ID. Everybody gets an ID. We'll require it. And then you, you, you no longer have this to argue about anymore. Because the problem is not because they'll be like, well, if you, if you vote in an election and you're not supposed to, that ruins the election. Well, I would argue that if you want to vote in an election and you're not allowed to because of some ridiculous laws that the Republicans have put in place, guess what? That also ruins the election. And I guarantee you that there have been more people prevented from voting because of these Republican laws than have, than have voted illegally uh, without those Republican laws in place. But they know what they're doing. They know that they can fool enough people and have them say, oh, well, we need to do something about this voter fraud. And then all of a sudden, they'll be like, oh, to pay no attention to the man behind the curtain as the man behind the curtain redraws the maps and takes away voting power away from minorities. So, so we get a paper voter ID card when we register in North Carolina. I don't know. I think we also have a paper ID card in Louisiana, but we never use it. I mean, I just have to show my – it tells me where my, where my precinct is, but 
half the time, most of the time, I'm voting early anyway. That's another thing. Conservatives don't like voting early. Why? Because it, it, the conservatives want people to vote on election day, and that's it. I want people voting on election day because that's tradition, darn it. In my day, we only voted on voting day. It doesn't matter that in my day only white people could vote, only white men could vote. That's okay because, you know, that's the only people I want voting anyway as a Republican is white people voting, old white people. That's a, these, these, I mean, it, it's just so obvious and, and, and they think that they're getting away with it, but they're not. You know, well, they are, but they're not. We we see what they're doing. It's just enough people um, are not willing to put say, look, because again, it's this whole idea. Like, if Democrats behave badly, everyone's like, gasp! I can't believe that the Democrats would do that. Their poll numbers tank. You catch the Republicans doing something bad, and they're like, meh. That's the Republicans. Boys will be boys. What will they do? Of just the whole thing with Donald Trump. Uh, you could just walk up to them and grab them by the hoo-ha. Oh, that's just boys being boys. But, oh, you, 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 have, a, you, you have an inappropriate relationship with one person like Clinton. You know, he, 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 you know, bangs Monica Lewinsky. And, oh, he needs to be impeached because he lied about having an affair. So he lied about something that she should have never asked him to begin with. Because, you know... Monica earned her presidential knee pads or whatever, whoever said it, whatever was said. Speaking of Monica, Monica Lewinsky had an epic tweet, by the way, when uh, she did the, the boyfriend meme where it was like the boyfriend looking back at something and Donald Trump was the boyfriend and the hoo-ha was the girlfriend and him looking at the steering wheel. That was hilarious. Um, but Anyway, again, it's just uh, the the casual problems of of the of the fact that we have such low expectations of the Republicans it allows them to get away with so much more. That's my point. Um, if also conservatives only want people to vote on election day to make it harder, if not impossible for somebody to vote, exactly because when people because they ha- they know like in Georgia, you know you have longer lines in in democratic precincts because a lot of the democratic precincts in Georgia have lots of black voters in them and in urban communities. And uh, the precincts have much longer lines than the, uh, than the rural precincts that are out there. Uh, so there's longer lines and then they make it more uncomfortable to vote because they, by making it illegal for anybody to hand out water due to somebody in line who's been waiting in line in, in the Georgia heat. So, and of course, then, then they misrepresent what the law says. Uh, we've had that discussion before on the show as well. Um, Mark Meadows is registered to vote in three states. Not surprised. Isn't um, Dr. Oz registered in New Jersey while he's running for uh, office in, in uh, Pennsylvania for senator? Uh, let's say, I wish they would have impeached George Bush for lying about Iraq. And get uh, do I believe that George Bush George Bush gave incorrect information about Iraq? Do I do I do I believe that he knew it was false when he was saying it? I don't know. I don't have that information. He's probably he, he might have been just gullibly believing it. Not saying it's not negligence, but 
You know, what usually when like George Bush lied, people died. Well, you know, Bush Bush told an un, untruth and people died. I don't know that he actually lied about that particular thing. He may very well have believed it to be true. It was wrong, but he may have believed it to be true. Not that I'm trying to defend George Bush, but um, it's more of my pet peeve about the word lie and how people don't use the word lie correctly sometimes. Um, I mean, maybe Cheney had proof that it was a lie. Maybe they lied to Bush, and Bush was like, sure, I'll do it. I'll, we should go attack Iraq. Don't mess with Texas. Uh, my horrible Bush impression is even worse than my Trump one. So everyone who worked for the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency at the time knew that Powell and Tenet lied to the UN. Sure, but did Bush? No. It's one of the things where where uh, where people are like, the reason why George W. Bush was not behind 9-11 is because it actually worked. Because it it, it, it you know, they were able to successfully do what they wanted to do, bringing down the towers. If Bush was in charge, it wouldn't have worked. There would have been some problem. It would have, it would have, he would have read the books up, book upside down, and they would have flown it out into the ocean. So it had no specific information on the types of quantities of weapons, the age of stockpiles, by disposal. The massive stockpile was just literally made up. Again, you know, the, the intelligence agency... I'm not saying that they didn't know. I'm just saying Bush. I'm not I'm not giving Bush as much credit as, as people want to give him. <laughs> Sorry. Liz Cheney should just say vote for me or my dad will shoot you in the face. And that could very well be a good campaign slogan. Especially I don't know how many lawyers are in Wyoming. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it might work better against lawyers than against other folks because we only have evidence that Cheney has shot a lawyer, not that he shot anybody else. I don't know how much of anybody else would be a threat. Um, so I think they brought the intelligence to Bush and he was like, well, hell yeah, I'm a, a guy went after my daddy. If he's dirty, take him out, blah, blah, blah. He believed it because he wanted to. Yeah, I mean, sure. But again, I'm just not willing to give Bush more credit than he deserves. Um Whatever. I don't want to get too much too hung up on much. A lot of a lot of things that came up on my. Uh, so we got twenty five minutes. Oh no, we got five minutes left in an hour. So might go over a little over an hour, even though I was only going to go for an hour. Um, interesting conversation. Changing the subject a little bit was that. Um, well, let's say two things. I had a poll on Twitter. Um, because, you know, we do have now Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson, the one who I guessed would be the one who would get the nod, and I was right. One of the things that I'm happy about being right about, whereas most of the other things that I'm right about, I'm like, why did that have to be right? Um, so what is it that you're the most looking forward to with Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson? Do you want to read her first opinion, or do you want to read her first dissent? Now, I think her first dissent is more likely to come up than her first opinion, because of the fact that she's part of the three and not part of the six, even if she's part of the five, four, not part of the five, she's most likely not going to get to make it a majority opinion potentially, or she has much less of a chance of making a majority opinion as compared to her chances of making her first dissent. But I'm looking forward to it. But 60% of the people who took the poll said her first dissent and 40% said her first opinion um, of the five people I think who voted in the poll. But I also, I, I agree that 
you know, with, with the outcome of the polls that I am much, very much looking forward to seeing her first dissent. I want to see how well Justice Jackson takes down whoever makes the ruling, whoever drafts the ruling for the majority. And I hope it's Alito. I hope it's Alito. Um, Jeff Corey, I really like the show. That's my Bush, but shut down after that. I love that's my Bush was hilarious. Um, no, I think that's my Bush was on after nine eleven because nine eleven was two thousand and one, and Katrina was in two thousand and five, and there was a joke on that's my Bush where little 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 oh it's right that's my Bush. I'm sorry, I'm confusing That's My Bush with Lil Bush. I also did watch That's My Bush, and that was also funny. So maybe that one was stopped after 9-11. There was one line about there was a whole confusion as to whether you wanted to arm bears or bear arms. Um, That was funny. But no, I'm I'm thinking about the cartoon Lil Bush that was on Comedy Central. Um, that That was after Katrina. And I know that because during Katrina... Uh, w was like Brownie doing a heck of a job and then there was the scene where little Bush is in the cafeteria and he takes the brownie off of his tray and he takes the bite out of it and like doing a heck of a job Brownie so um, let's see that is a, so that, that was an amusing show yeah, I got the, got the shows mocking Bush confused um, let's see. So, and so should, should, I, I would call her uh, Kataji, but it's Justice Jackson because I'm nasty. Um, last thing I want to talk about briefly, I guess, before I hit on the cruise, is that I'm having a big kerfuffle uh, with some some folks over the topic of of consent over the topic of um, consent and sex and specifically drunken sex. Um, and, and every time you have one of these conversations, you end up having these dudes who are trying to bend over backwards to justify drunken sex. Let's justify, let's justify hookup culture. I had somebody who was a former friend of mine who was like, hookup, you know, drunken sex is a part of hookup culture, and that's not rape. I was like, are you trying to get somebody drunk in order to have sex with them? Yeah. And that's rapey. That's rape. Sorry, but it is. You know, well, just just because it's something that has been done before, it doesn't mean that it's something that it should be done. That's an appeal to, to tradition. And it's a bad tradition. Um, and I, I had a story where I was, I lived, lived here in New Orleans since 94. Uh, I think this was probably 97 when this happened. Um, we were out for Mardi Gras day. It was one of my friends in my fraternity's birthday. So we took him out to dinner for Mardi Gras day. And then we decided to hit the quarter. And then when we hit the quarter, we bumped into some people that we knew, including somebody that I felt that there was some attraction there but it hadn't been announced by both parties, so to speak. 
But she always said that she wanted to drink, go drink for drink. She always says that she wanted me uh, to drink me under the table, and I didn't believe her. I was still smaller than I was. I'm smaller, um, I'm smaller than I am now, but I'm still a big guy. And I'm like, fine, let's go drink for drink. We're going to use hand grenades. And if you've never been to New Orleans and never had a hand grenade, well, I would say if you've never, if you, next time you come to New Orleans, don't buy the hand grenade because the owner of Chop Falal is bigoted. Uh, very anti-Muslim, so not a good person. And I, I don't, I won't buy them again, even though I love them. I won't buy them again. But they're very strong, very, very strong. Two should be enough to knock a normal person on their butt. Three, me. I had six. She had six. <clears throat> on the car ride home, on the cab ride back to the, back to the colleges, um, she made a move. And I was like, well, this is nice. I'm, you're too drunk. Let's make sure you get back to your apartment. And this is the 90s. This is before, you know, Me Too, before, you know, you had such an emphasis on, on, on consent, at least, you know, because you didn't have the Internet trying to push, you know, ideas of consent uh, and educate people on ideas about consent. So, as it turns out, we talked like a week or two later. Um, she didn't remember anything past four hand grenades. She was blacked out. Generally high-functioning, but still blacked out. It, was absolutely, it would have been absolutely wrong for me to have done anything. So I didn't. If I can recognize, after six hand grenades, that somebody is not in a position to consent, there's no excuse for anybody else to not recognize that either. Sorry. It's just, serious. Oh, but what if, what if they're both drunk? <clears throat> well, probably depends on who's more drunk, and it probably depends on a whole bunch of things. So um, stop making excuses for scenarios where you want to be feel okay. I think half these people don't want to admit to themselves, oh, well, if, if they had to admit that a certain level of intoxication makes somebody not able to consent, then they they basically would be admitting, <coughs> excuse me, they basically would be admitting, at least to themselves, that, well, maybe I raped somebody back in the day because this person was far too drunk under what these rules would be. And maybe that's true. Hard pill to swallow, I suppose. But people need to be more responsible and people need to be teaching kids. And my mom taught me no means no for a very long time. She emphasized it. She emphasized it. You know, there's a reason why most of her advice to me on dating and sex and drinking was no means no when discussing issues of potentially getting sexually assaulted. Very few, of, but very little of her advice was watch your drink. Now, she did tell me a couple times to watch my drink, too, because she didn't want me getting drugged. But the other side of the coin is that if you're, you know, somebody who signed female at birth, or assumed female at birth or whatever, 
and you are out and drinking, odds are you're likely are going to hear more often watch your drink, less often, well, you need to respect this guy's ability to consent because usually they're not the ones in power. Oh, but it's a hypocrite. You're a double standard. No. It's not hypocrisy to point out what happens. Now, if there's a situation where you have a guy who is completely incapacitated or who is just so overly drunk and the other person's not, and she takes advantage of the situation and he's violated after that he feels like he was violated, absolutely. He should go to the cops. He should have her you know, police report given. Potentially have charges pressed. Now, because of rape culture, it's even harder for guys <laughs> to come forward. Because the guy will be mocked. <laughs> a guy will be ridiculed. A guy can't you you want you didn't say no. You're a guy. There's this whole idea that men are just always going to consent. This is why a lot of times when teachers get caught with their young male students that you have all these people be like, oh, he's a lucky kid. (laughs) He's lucky. No, she raped him. He lacked the ability to consent. And people won't take it seriously. People don't take men being assaulted seriously. Now, the odds of, you know, you being a guy getting a victim, being a victim of sexual assault is much less than being a woman or being somebody assigned female at birth uh, to be, uh, you're you're likely going to be more likely to be assaulted if you're assumed to be a young woman, if you're assigned female at birth, if you're feminine looking, because that's who the majority of the rapists are going to go after. So I don't want to make anybody make any mistake I'm trying to sit here and make the, the problem be larger than it is for certain people and smaller than it is for others. But the whole general concept with rape culture is that it's hard for anybody to come forward because we live in a culture that makes it easy for rape to continue, despite the fact that it's illegal. So, see, look, Jeff Curry in the chat. Excuse me. Drugging a man's drink. Is it possible to rape the willing? Yes. I mean, 16-year-old kid, adult teacher, he may very well be willing, but might not understand the results of the, or the, what, what might happen after the fact. So that's why it's right. Um, <coughs> let's say you had an example. And I'm going to have to end the show soon because I'm starting to go. Very coffee again. Um, let's say you had an example where let's say there was a guy, maybe he, he's dating a, maybe he, he had a date with like an older woman, let's say. All right. Let's say they go out. Let's say they go hang back at her place for whatever reason. Let's say he's, you know, decides that he's not interested in doing anything that particular night. Right. So let's then say that she basically says, well, I'll give you, you know, in order for you to get a ride home, you need to do, to make me happy. Rape's about power. 
She has a power in the situation. You're going to call that rape, Jeff? I would call it. I would call that rape. Now, I would at least call that coercion. And co- a lot of times coercion is the same thing. Because, again, the person doesn't have the power to say no. If you lack the power to say no, is it really consent? So, but, Jeff, yes, I've tried to, <coughs> a lot of times... Yes, drugging a man's drink could potentially cause the person to be raped. And think about it. It's a, I try not to make these these comparisons. I try not to make these um, what if it was situations because I don't want. You know, I don't think people should use homophobia to a uh, to make political points. But I think a lot of people's minds would be changed if you swapped the genders of the person who was doing the drugging and swap and the person who was being drugged and make it so that you know it's a guy guy situation at that point there are many people who are straight who would be like well nope that would be rape so but consider the fact that there are there are situations where a man may very well not want to have sex with anybody and if you take advantage of that person in a situation i think there was a story of there was a paternity case and it was an unfortunate paternity case because the guy was forced to pay child support uh, he's at a party, he drinks, he gets drunk, he's laying on the bed, he really can't do much of anything. Woman does her thing and gets herself impregnated. Her friend even has testified to the fact, because she had a friend who was helping her, I guess, testified to the fact that that's exactly what they were doing. She raped him. But he still was required to pay child support. That's ridiculous. But it's again, it's an example of, you know, you if you're not in the, if you're not in the ability to consent, then trying to sleep with that person is right. So, male bartender, female owner, same thing. She lets him, she lets him get drunk and she lets the, uh, yeah, the Jeff, yeah, happened to me. I figure he was the type of guy that liked having with. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Aaron. I'm very sorry. My point was that you can raise those. And look. I didn't bring up the, the, the important part of like kind of the discussion um, was, uh, you know, not all drunk sex is non-consented to. If you have a Jimmy Buffett agreement, you absolutely, I mean, that's no problem at that point. What's a Jimmy Buffett agreement? Well, Jimmy Buffett has a song. Why don't we get drunk and screw? Well, if that's, your, if that's what you are intending to do from the beginning of the night, if you, both of you as sober people say, Let's get drunk and let's have some sex. Well, that's probably fine. Now, I mean, let's say you might want to create some guidelines, some rules, like let's do this, but let's not include X, Y, and Z. And then if you include X, Y, and Z in the middle, then yeah, you're, you're, not, you're, you're then not following the consent that was given to you. But if you agree, or if you're both basically saying let's get drunk and let's have fun, then that's not a problem. That's not an issue. Um, but Demonox says almost everyone that defends drunk sex is also decided to go out with the intent to buy someone enough drinks to get them to be drunk, and that's effed. Yes, absolutely. That's the point I made to somebody on Twitter as well. Was that you know it sounds it just sounds like you're trying to justify um, taking actions that's going to get somebody oh one more drink and she'll be ready. One more drink and she'll be ready means one more drink and she'll have her guard down and I'll be able to you know, do what it is that I want to do 
with enough plausible deniability. There's already deniability when it comes to rape. People already have an easy time getting away with rape because there's so many rapes that go unpunished because we have a stigma of rape. We have people that refuse to come forward um, because of how society treats them. I know somebody who, you know, people who are come forward and, and tell, about, tell about their rapes, uh, police will ask things like, did you enjoy it? No. Well, you know, there's some time, I think there was a time when somebody was raped and she asked the person who was the rapist to use a condom. I think he obliged. They were like, they used that against the, the victim because, well, he, you asked for a condom. Yeah. Because if he was going to violate me, he, she wanted to be as safe as possible. It doesn't mean she was consenting. But police will ask terrible things in the middle of these interviews. So, <clears throat> but even, even yeah, you know, as men, men are not going to want to come forward and admit to being raped, whatever, because they're afraid to be seen as weak. Women are afraid to be judged as, you know, harlots or sluts or whatever. They're afraid to, they're going to be doubted. They're going to, you know, you're not going to listen to you. No, look, with the internet, you have what is referred to as kind of like a shorthand. Like, you know, when you say X, like when people say make the argument like rent is theft, they'll make the argument, you know, they're basically making an argument. Some people do believe that rent is theft, but other people are using it as a shorthand to basically be critical of the overall system of rent in this country and the monopolization and hoarding of properties by landlords, artificially reducing the supply of available properties, thus increasing the price. But that's not easy to say in its week. It's not a good hashtag. So people then resort to rent theft. So when I say believe women, again, I, I've balked a little bit at the believe women because I've always believed it should be believe victims. Because uh, when somebody comes forward, you should listen to them. Now, does that mean that everybody that comes forward is telling the truth? No. But there are people who will come forward, and as the facts of the case play out, their story will either be seen as valid, or there'll be a hole in this. <laughs> Damn. There'll be a hole in the story that ruins it. Take, for example, the Duke rape case. She said, yeah, this guy raped me at this time. But where was that guy at that time? Getting money out of an ATM. So, no, he didn't. There was a case of Hostra where a woman cheated on her boyfriend. With, a four, with four dudes. And look, I'm not judging her for having herself a little fun with multiple dudes. That's what she wanted to do. Cool. But she was caught cheating by her boyfriend. And instead of admitting to the boyfriend that she cheated, she claimed that they raped her. Now, turns out that one of them filmed the experience. That film showed her to be a willing participant. So they got away with it. They didn't think it. No, no. They got off. 
they were they were not found guilty. Now there are people that still treated them as guilty for whatever stupid reason. But again, the case was allowed to go. The case went forward. It was investigated. Her claims were relieved. And then when she came forward, and it was shown that here's evidence to show that you're being not truthful, it comes out in the wash. But so when we say I like, believe women or believe victims, it's basically saying give them the opportunity to come forward without judgment. Give them the opportunity to have their say without being treated as if they're lying, without treated without being treated from the get-go as if they're, you know, foul temptresses or what have you. Let them come forward and have their say in a, in a way that's supportive of them in doing so. And if it turns out that they're full of crap, so be it. Then don't let that taint your view of the next person who comes forward. Because more likely than not, the next person that comes forward is probably telling the truth as well. Because usually the amount of false accusations of crimes, generally speaking, about maybe 5% at most. 5% 5% of people that allege crimes are lying about them. Maybe that's even being a little too overzealous. I don't, know the, I don't remember the exact figure, but it's like maybe like 5%. No more than 10, but probably closer to 5, maybe even 3. I, I have no other evidence to make me believe that the amount, of peop, the amount of people who would come forward and make a rape claim that's false is any higher. There's one very bad study but that's a very bad study that, that a lot of these rape apologists will try and use to try and uh, forget what it was called. I think it's out of Kansas or something. Um, but the men's rights activists will be more often than not. They'll try and use that uh, one flawed study to say, oh, 40% of people lie. And it's a very poorly constructed survey. Oh, I didn't need to see Kimchi come in the room. Hey, Kimchi, thank you for jumping. We're, we're just... Uh, we're uh, talking about some rough stuff, I guess, at this point. Um, hold on, let me let me check something real quick. Oh, thank you, Aaron. You're awesome. Aaron just gave me some money for cruisy fun on my Venmo. You're amazing. Thank you so much. See, I don't know. I, Hal says that. I guess he gets notifications that that people make a uh, a contribution to uh, that he gets notifications on Venmo updates. I, I, I can't see how to get that done. Maybe there's some other, other tool that will enable you to hook into Venmo. Um, let's see. I could, I could sit here. Let me, let me do this. Um, log into this real quick. I got too distracted by the, uh, by the, by me telling, speaking about stuff that I was able to, um, I, I missed things going on in the stream, but I could go ahead and, you know, at least play the sound uh, for the fact that Aaron uh, made a contribution to my cruisy fund. There you go. Oh, Hal gets it on his Apple watch. Oh, okay. That's cool. Um, of course it comes up saying someone bought you four copies, which is, you know, Kind of close. It was more like five. Um, 
I know there are push notifications for your phone, but I don't know if I can get them to be coordinated with this. I'll have to look more into that um, because I, I, I'm going to try and update my uh, my tools at some point to make them a little better than what I have now. Basically, I'm working on mostly free stuff as it stands. But as as we grow, I want to make it even even more better to use a a back uh, to use a very bad. English. Use very bad English. Anyway. I'm glad he coughed into the big microphone. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to like do that to try and stop it. I, I should, I could go ahead and hit my uh, mute and be like, <coughs> and then unmute it. So you don't have to hear the cough, but I, I sometimes forget to do that at that time. Yes. Kimchi. See, you are a goddess to them. Kimchi is, if Kimchi is right, Aaron West is, is, is very awesome to me. I appreciate uh, Aaron. I appreciate everybody for for just being here and helping out. Aaron gets a special cookie. <laughs> so, um, anyway, let's go ahead. Um, wrapping up the, the, the kind of the story, the, the, the TLDL or t- too long didn't listen part of that last part basically is just this. And it can be rough. I'm sorry if anybody had any bad um, feelings about you know, anything that was said and simply because it brings back bad memories, um, you know, but it's just, I, I always feel that it's, it's important for me as a dude uh, to address other dudes who are not um, getting it right when it comes to issues of consent. And what I told this one guy is like, look, if you, if the person that you're about to have sex with, if you wouldn't have them, if you wouldn't agree to a business relationship with them, if you wouldn't sign a contract with that person because they're too drunk, why would you trust that their consent is any more valid when it comes to sex? And you're sure maybe there's a clear, maybe there's a point where you can know that somebody's too drunk. Maybe there's a point where you know that somebody's sober. And there's this, probably this big gray area in the middle where maybe they're drunk. I don't know if this is a good line. In that circumstance, I would say err on the side of that they're not able to consent yet. Get to the point where it's not a gray area. Because to me, if you're the type of person that would be like, well, she could be a little drunk, but I don't think it's that bad. Or, I mean, she's probably, you know, if you're trying to justify the level of intoxication somebody has to justify whether or not that person is sober enough to consent. A, the person's probably not sober enough to consent. And B, that's pretty darn rapey. So respect people's body autonomy. And again, my mom went by no means no, which is, which is the big, at the time, that was the big thing to say, no means no. I prefer yes means yes. Whereas no means no basically says, when someone says no, stop, which is valid. But yes means yes to me is superior because that means you don't act until you get a yes. Until you get the yes, then you can go. Then you can do it because they said yes. As long as the yes is a valid yes, i.e. they are legally able to consent to you, based on any of the conditions that would make one legally able to consent, i.e. 
over the age of consent, drunk or high. A situation in my Uber one time, driving a, people back. They was um, they not weren't a couple, but they were just a guy and a girl. They were out, and they were friends. And then she started hitting on me. And an unscrupulous Uber driver would have taken advantage. But she was drunk and or high. So there's no way that even if I was single, <coughs> see, I remember this time. There's no way that even if I was single would I have taken advantage of this situation because she was coming on to me hard, very hard, uncomfortably hard. So to the point where I, 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 I felt like I just, I froze. I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do because she's being very aggressive and I don't know what to do. Cause I was in the point where I was like, well, I don't want to be mean to her because then she's going to get angry. She could potentially risk getting angry and make me lose my job because she might then say something maybe that, you know, because in anger, because she's already acting inappropriately towards me. Why would I believe she wanted to do anything else bad? But I was like, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to make it seem, I don't, I don't want to do anything that's going to make her seem like I'm, I'm doing something inappropriate either. I froze. Eventually, she went off into her house and I drove off on my merry way. But I feel like an unscrupulous driver in that, in my same situation may very well have taken advantage of the situation. And despite the fact that she was throwing herself at me, um, she was drunk and she was not able to throw herself at anybody because she was drunk. She could not consent to it. And I would have been in the wrong had I done that, even ignoring the unprofessionalism of it. Because that's also against Uber policy and lift policy. You're not supposed to hook up with your passengers either, regardless of their level of intoxication. But ignoring that, and ignoring the fact that I was married, you know, so that's another strike she had against her. But had I been single and had this not been an Uber ride, she still wouldn't have gotten it because she was too drunk to, to consent. Now, after the fact, I think like a week or two later, there was a story also in the news locally that there was a couple who wooed a guy, a, an Uber driver into their house, and then they robbed him. So maybe I dodged a bullet there too um, because, you know, I might have avoided getting robbed. So I don't know if it was the same couple but or same people. But, but yeah. Um, yeah, so that's another thing. I could have gotten robbed. But that's not why I said no. I said no. I, I went off on my merry way because, you know, several reasons, professionalism, marriage, and even if those two weren't true, also because she was too drunk to consent. And I don't want to do things with anybody who are too drunk to consent. It would be Jeff Curry, just Wednesdays, um, typically just Wednesdays. I mean, if you subscribe and put in notifications, you'll get notifications when I go live. For example, um, when they uh, released the ruling for the Dobbs v. Jackson, I did go live uh, that night, and we did a, another three-hour show um, just to cover that topic. Um, and, I, and we formed Voltron. I had Demonox had the smooth sounds of the Percy podcast with me as well. Um, so, so sometimes I'll have more guests. Um, every month I have Hal Sparks on. Uh, the, uh, so far, at least, the last Wednesday of the month, uh, Hal comes on. There's the possibility 
and Hal broached that I might, I don't know if I'm going to come on his or he's going to come on mine, but us discussing something after another one of the 90 seconds available. So now I'm, I've, I've hit the end of my forced uh, end of my show. So let's go ahead and find the ending uh, music before 60 seconds comes up. I was going to play the thing again. Oh, well, I was going to play the, uh, play the, 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 uh, Liberal Bands Topper City. Well, if you want to hear Liberal Bands Topper City, there's a playlist for Liberal Bands Topper City and check out those of the playlists. But anyway, this is the end of this week's episode of Liberal Band Radio Talk from the Left. That's right. I'll be back next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central, blogtalkradio.com slash Liberal Dan. It's possible that I might be back Tuesday as well, uh, simply because of the fact that I think they are having hearing that day. So maybe I'll cover the hearing that night as well. I don't know. Or maybe I'll just save it for the show. We'll see. Uh, but again, follow me on Twitter at Little Band Radio on Twitter, uh, Facebook.com slash Little Band. Uh, subscribe to me here, uh, Little Band Radio on YouTube. Um, and uh, thank you all so much for your support. Special shout out to Aaron. Uh, this is how we go with you, both Aaron and Jordan, for being monster, but Aaron for giving me my cruisy fun gift. Thank you so much for that. Um, I try to have some fun. I try to have some good stuff to record on the back. But again, thank you very much. See you next week. Little Band Radio. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.